Well, I'm thrilled to have one of our World Literacy Foundation Youth Ambassadors uh, representing Afghanistan, Mariam, who is very, very thrilled to talk about the incredible work that they're doing there. She's a young leader from Afghanistan. She's worked as a senior human rights and gender officer with the Swedish Committee for Afghanistan in Northeast region. She worked there until mid-July 2022. When working with SCA, she had the chance to connect with students and teachers in rural areas of northern eastern country, including students with disabilities. Throughout her work, she realised how education affects the lives of individuals and communities in culture, social behaviour, domestic violence and families' economic situation, especially the vulnerable people such as young girls, minorities and people with disabilities. Even medium-educated communities and cultures affect their behaviours. It's far different from the low-educated and uneducated communities. Communities with medium or high number of children girls and boys, at school tend to be more open, looking happier and have moderate religious thoughts rather than low educated communities. You can find lower types of hard traditional practices such as forced marriage and early marriages in those communities too. She says, I observed it and felt it when field visiting different parts of the country. As she has a Bachelor of Economics with a first class honours degree, she had the honour of offering a free English course to the young girls and boys who had passion in learning the English language when she was a student at university. In fact, she's been operating at many levels, including opening a wonderful coffee shop. She established it in 2020 in the city of Talakan, which had a small library for children and adults. The books were collected by a voluntary campaign. In fact, the BBC made a report about her coffee shop. I enjoy loving history books and novels, she says. I love Persian poetry. I sometimes write my daily life too. I really would love to write a book someday. Well, as the world spirals, the value of literacy, education and words is very poignant. So thank you, Mariam, for joining us at the Beyond Words Literacy Podcast. We are so happy to have you join us to talk to us at this very critical and challenging time. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, clearly literacy is critical in keeping people informed. Tell me how education has changed your life and what you'd like to see change. Actually, I am coming from a family that I was lucky to have a father who has always been a big supporter of me. And my father's passion for education has impacted my mother's as well, because mm. my mother is coming from a, an, a little conservative family. So I was living in the northeast of Afghanistan in, in Tahar, and I don't remember that um, during the school year, I had no options. Like I say, my mother was the one that it is usual in uh, in Afghanistan that when you have guests, like we we usually had guests, uh, and all of those housework uh, was done by my mother. But she never said us to like, don't go to school or your course today and help me um, for um, for work in the house. In, in that society that uh, going to school or pursuing education or career was a challenge for girls and mm -hmm. 
sometimes problematic for them but for me luckily it was uh, th- this journey was easier because of uh, my family support and um, I after finishing school I enrolled to the university and when I was in third and fourth uh, semester of my university I was able to um, I was able to have to help with some girls and and uh, boys um, for English course. It was like a kind of intermediate level, and uh, and I, yeah, I when I was at my third year at university, I was able to have a job in with uh, GIZ. It's a German organization. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So what you're saying, which is really interesting, you're saying that because your father was progressive and he was open to you being educated, that it allowed you to go to school and it gave you the opportunity to be educated. Yeah, for sure. It was like when I was at school, my father was like, you have to go to the best school, you have to take the best courses and I also did, uh, like it was not only the public school that I went, I had me and all, also my sisters had also private courses, like it was even mathematics or English course. And um, you, he was always saying you have to go to the best universities, like he was like calling not only you can uh, go to universities in Afghanistan, but you can also try some scholarships or uh, going to some universities abroad, so uh, he will, he has been always open uh, for us and supporting us. That's in, it's quite extraordinary, really, because I know how challenging it is for women to access education. Um, did he meet or did you meet much resistance um, to that pursuit, or do you think because you used private avenues or you went overseas that that helped you? I suppose, circumvent some of those issues or do you think? And also another point that was interesting is that your mother, it wasn't coming from your mother because she herself obviously hadn't also been access, had access to education. So what you're saying is it's entrenched sort of in the generations that women and girls don't need to be educated in that way for many people. Is that correct? Um, Actually, my mother, uh, my mother, unfortunately uh, had not access to education mm. he, she just took some uh, you know uh, some religious uh, studies but not be, um, because during uh, when she was uh, a child at school uh, age uh, there was no school in their city so mm-hmm. um, but but because my father was open to education and uh, had um, supporter of education and yeah my my it impacted my mother's mind as well he sounds like quite an impressive and, man your father <laughs> sounds like he might have yeah, changed yeah. the whole generation really yeah for sure and today what we heard is like uh, you know I, I i i have grown in a city that it's in the northeast and mm-hmm. in the. I actually 
it there is always challenge and you know some uh, practices in a society like Afghanistan but it, what we heard what we hear now is that oh it's very traditional people living here and they have problem with going to school or going to universities or women should not work it really hurts me because uh, there are societies there are uh, people that may have some such opinions but uh, they are all they are all also people that who are supporters of their uh, girls their, their daughters their children mm. and uh, despite of this uh, financial problems they do anything to pave an opportunity for uh, their children and it really mm. hurts when you see uh, you have a system people ruling that ban everything from to those people and so right now i know that because obviously there was somewhat of a progressive approach um a few years back but now there is um clearly a very strong position in afghanistan that women and girls are forbidden from attending school and reading books is that correct and if so is that across the whole of Afghanistan? Is it in the area, obviously, where you grew up? Um, because I know it's become a lot more hardline there. What's your perspective on that? Currently, uh, schools are banned everywhere, and the whole country, uh, like children in Afghanistan, it, you, they can go to school um, up to six class, like we have up to 12 class, but um, secondary schools, children, and uh, high school uh, students cannot go to school. Um, it's the whole country, unfortunately. Previously, we had uh, some societies in some part of Afghanistan, mainly in south or some part of east. Uh, that this because of those uh, traditional practices. And traditional ideas, they could not go to school. They, um, like families didn't allow their children to go to school. But it was changing. Uh, many organizations were working to change mm. this norm mm. and also the uh, government. But now we have not only the cultural, this cultural problems and barriers, but it's now the system uh, the authorities that don't allow um, children to go to school. Yeah, is it boys and girls or just girls? Just girls, yeah, just girls. But then girls cannot go to school, boys can go to school, but the curriculum and the systems that now we see in Afghanistan is uh, really disturbing and harmful for the boys as well because we it's it's now it's not the only it's not the problem that girls can go to school but we have also problem with the curriculum and that it seems that whole education system collapsed unfortunately mm. it's I, I don't think that our Bites of also the same motivation as before to go to school. You know, it's kind of an apartheid, and in a family that um, 
a boy can go to school and he, uh, his her sister cannot go to school. It's so incomprehensible this, from the West, from, from yeah, this perspective. Yeah. It's very hard to process that. And I suppose what yeah. it does is, is as we know, people who struggle with literacy, it's disempowering. They don't have information to combat, to take a stand, to take a position, to be informed. Is that your experience? And how long has this ban been in place? Is it Because I know that it was lifted at some point and then it was put back recently in about a year ago, was that? Because there was, a, as you say, there were progressive uh, elements making, you know, changes so that, that this was lifted, but then it's come back. And so how have you seen the impact on the girls in your community? I mean, um, the government was working to change the barriers. It was the former government. There was in the uh, first year, I guess, there was some parts of Afghanistan that uh, girls could go to school until high school. Like mm. it was normal, but it was in few provinces, including uh, Balkh, Kunduz, and North is in North mm. region, and some uh, a few provinces in the east and south. But it it uh, it changed, yeah. It it changed mm. it changed uh, quickly. And when you speak yeah, to your friends and your um, your compatriots and people that you you know, um, in your community, what's the impact of this restriction on literacy and reading and books and education? It's it's um, it's really it's kind of like frustrating because uh, now it's it's you know children feel like they have new future. They are at uh, their early age, like they are so young. And they have no idea what should they do with their life. It's kind of in quite devastating places. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's like they have new book to read. They have new places, and it's the social norms are all also very um, hard for them. Like mm. when children cannot go to school, they have to stay at home. They can't. Uh, good parks as well now they cannot play it outside so um it's it's really uh, a hard condition previously when children when children went to school there were like some libraries you know children love to um, read some stories and but now it's it seems it's everything is banned for them because when you want to buy a book Currently, because of this uh, economic situation, um, everyone cannot uh, go to the store and buy books there. So it's and libraries are all also public libraries are uh, close to the girls. And so you can't go really into a public hard. library if you're a girl or a woman. You can't go into a public library and get a book. That's what you're no, saying. No, in 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 my in my province. Uh, what my friends says, no, they cannot go to the that's, library. That's, it's hard to even process that notion. Um, now, on that note, you know, you're a World Literacy Foundation ambassador, and we're very grateful for you being one because you've chosen to work to try and, um, I suppose, give women and girls some small access to books. Tell me a bit about the secret library or the library that you're trying to facilitate 
And what sort of fear do you have around that and some of the women you're working with because it requires courage in the face of quite a daunting, uh, I suppose, covenant that's been placed? So tell me a little bit about that and how you're working with your um, some of the other women on that. Yeah, for sure. It's um, the Afghanistan uh, uh, the World Literacy Foundation ambassadors that are doing this project, this incredible project. And um, plus, uh, I also, um, I, I had in my, in my craft shop, I had a small library. So my it was distributed among my friends. So just to clarify, and, the the you had a coffee shop. Your coffee shop. You had a small library at the back that, that that women could access, and you would distribute it through the coffee shop. And the World Literacy Foundation are sort of trying to facilitate and support you. Is that correct? Uh, World Literacy Foundation uh, want to distribute digital books, and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of um, um, another project. Mm-hmm. But what uh, what uh, I have done in my uh, library in my coffee shop, it was yes. when I was running my coffee shop, and when um, after returning of Taliban, I had to close my coffee shop. But those books in the library were distributed among my friends, mm-hmm. so um, they could read it. But now we are going to distribute digital books. Uh, mm. Because of this, all problems and banning of some injuries uh, in Afghanistan, a lot of activities are uh, banned. And uh, now uh, we, as uh, World Leaders Foundation ambassadors, um, work to um, distribute digital books uh, among our communities. Which is a brilliant, brilliant solution because really um, who thought the technology could be so impactful, but that's something that we've seen with the World Literacy Foundation, that the digital books have got incredible traction because they can be distributed en masse, low cost, um, with access via Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, the technology is, is, is groundbreaking in terms of, you know, dealing with issues like bans on books that, that is very interesting. Just coming back to your coffee shop and the secret library that you did have, uh, how fearful were you and how brave were you, which it would appear quite courageous to do that? Thank you. It's um, it's just uh, like uh, it was good that we saw it. So what we should do with our books and my, my my it was distributed among my friends and now it's fine sometimes we have um, some call groups and uh, we see okay so um tell me the story of that book or what you have learned from that book we just share our uh, insights of the book with each other and um, it's recommended for the girls that they have access to book to share their insights with their families, like kind of stories or um, their general insights, or with their um, share with their contacts, because uh, now for this situation that's really frustrating and really hard, we should mm. we should find some possible ways to to d- try to not stop reading 
And in fact, that's what you did. Did you, um, when you closed the cafe, was that in response to fear or the fact that you realized that things were changing rapidly and you needed to ensure that you weren't a target or in any way compromised? Because it's kind of, um, you know, it's like it was not easy for us. It was really mm. hard and we knew it would be really like tougher if the cuff show was open. And I feel really fair because, you know, those people are not the people that hurts you, but also your family. And I was working mm. with any, with some other girls that they were also not feeling safe and their families. So we had to close it because of our safety and our family's yeah. safety. That makes a lot of sense. And in terms of the digital distribution, which you've continued to work with, how effective are you finding that as an alternative? I think it's it's really cool because of the situation due to the situation that access to books or hard books are not easy, and uh, um, having those books or all these programs. Uh, is quite challenging. So the uh, having digital books is in this situation is really effective because mm. um, you just um, you just need to have phone and an internet. Not always to just download the book. And when you are offline, you can be offline and just read it. So um, and it doesn't necessarily every girls or women have uh, the phone one family members can have a phone and the whole family can use it so uh, i guess it's really uh, in this situation it's a practical solution and it helps uh, mm. many families uh, to access to the book that they don't have i think it's groundbreaking and it's extraordinary and it's so wonderful to your technology being so effective and for you yourself how are you coping in this challenging time i mean i know there's been a shocking um, earthquake in Afghanistan, which has affected many families. There's obviously there's the growing Middle East conflict at the moment. How are you finding and and the importance of being informed for people that can't read or access information but then can't read it? It's really interesting to me whether it's emergency information, you know, when dealing with the earthquake. If they, you can't read, you really can't read you know, instructions to get out or instructions of how to find safety or even medical information. You know, surely reading is a human right no one should be able to take away for that very reason. What's your thoughts around that? Because I keep thinking of these people who literally, you know, are, if there is a conflict or a challenge of the nature of the earthquake, then their resources are severely impacted by not being able to access or read them. It was a sh shocking news for us what we uh, experienced and saw in the west of Afghanistan. Uh, it's really hard for the people and for us. And you know, it's you cannot focus. It's like it's literally I, I for when I hear this all sad news, um, whether it happens in Afghanistan or. Now we have conflicts in the Middle East. Mm. Uh, 
it's uh, it's kind of double problem and mm. it's so sad and you cannot focus you cannot help you cannot be sometimes it's really hard to be optimistic about the future about the situation and yeah. keep your hope alive um you cannot read you cannot hear you just like it's literally uh, mind blowing and mm. uh, so devastating devastating it's very hard um, I think yeah, it and makes a lot of people sense. in Herat, mm. yeah, and those people in Herat lost everything, and I and we unfortunately have no powerful state or a system, a government that could help those people at least economically. They mm. lost, um, we lost many children, women, men there, and I really don't know. It's really tough. I know it's very tough in my heart and and our heart goes out to all of the Afghanistan victims of the earthquake and also to the victims of the Middle East conflict, but also at the end of the day, the power rests with information, education and the capacity to read and understand. And I think that what you're doing as an ambassador is both brave and effective and we are so grateful for you taking the time to talk to us at this very difficult time and we just hope you stay safe you stay strong and hopeful thank you very much uh, thanks for having me absolute pleasure stay safe and we'll stay in touch uh, but uh, i look forward to meeting you one day in person thank you i hope so too thank you very much Well, at the World Literacy Foundation, we believe in literacy as the foundation of lifelong learning and education. People who cannot read or write experience difficulties with simple everyday tasks, such as reading the label of a medicine bottle, filling in a job application, or understanding a traffic sign. When we help someone to acquire literacy skills, we're empowering them to access to better opportunities in life to break the poverty cycle. It's a global organisation in Africa, Latin America, the United States, the United Kingdom and in Australia. The World Literacy Foundation is on a mission to ensure that every child, regardless of geographic location, has the opportunity to acquire literacy skills and books to reach their full potential. We're striving to eradicate a literacy by 2040. Reading and writing should just be a basic right, not a privilege. So please, if you're interested, head to our website at the World Literacy Foundation to see what is happening globally, this extraordinary organisation, when we realise that there are 750 million people who cannot read and write. So see if you can contribute and make a difference.